Welcome into the podcast that brings listeners directly to the intersection of sports and entertainment through the lens and incomparable style of Dick Butkus. Direct from the 312, join hosts Matt Amendola and Matt Butkus as they dive into the worlds of football, pop culture, philanthropy, and more. This is Butkus Beyond the Line. Roses are red and violets are blue. If you've got any sense, you'll keep Butkus away from you. Welcome back to Butkus Beyond the Line. Today, we are joined by Steve Hutchinson, a former offensive guard and pro football Hall of Famer that played for three different NFL organizations from 2001 to 2012. But first, the huddle. 989 on two, on two, on two. Ready? Great. On two, on two, on two. Ready? Great. Matt, how was uh, Canton? How was the game? Oh, it was fun because. Um, you know, I'm friends with um, Scott Maynard, which is, you know, Hall of Famer Don Maynard's son. And Don passed two years ago. You know, it was kind of special to hang with him. Nice. Got pretty, got pretty emotional. And, and you know, because the Jets were playing, you know, they had um, Revis and Klecko right. to go in. So um, it was really fun. It was cool. I mean, they... They lost, but uh, yeah, yeah, I thought it was a good game. It wasn't bad. Yeah, what that Hall of Fame game tells you is real footballs, you know, around the corner. You know, no, definitely. Did you? What about the Browns' quarterback, Dorian uh, Thompson Robinson? He did pretty well. Yeah, I saw him a lot because uh, you know USC UCLA. Oh yeah, he was like eight for eleven for like I don't know eighty-two, yeah. but he looked and good. Then, and then got to, you know, got to see everybody again. It was it's always fun to sit and listen to stories. And my dad went this year. So, he, you know, he got to see his buddies. And another, you know, sad, kind of unfortunate was, you know, we lost a couple, you know, older Hall of Famers this year. So talking, you know, to the, to the wives, you know, the widows, it's, it's kind of tough. Yeah. But um, all in all, it was, you know, it was, it was a nice week. Did you see Steve Hutchinson? Saw him. I saw, just to name a few, I sat with uh, and talked to, you know, John Randall's always a personable guy. He's great. Steve, uh, Mean Joe Green, Bruce Smith, Tony Baselli was there, our, you know, our, our boy Tony, yeah. um, who we've had on. and. Morton Anderson is a fun guy. Jan Stenerud, Tony Dorsett, Warren Sapp, Bob Lilly from your Cowboys. Yeah, I see him around town sometimes. Actually, I saw him down at the uh, at right. a little Preston Center the other you day. You know, Willie Lanier, Bobby Bell. Did you talk to Demarcus before he did the uh, national Demarcus, anthem? Yep, Demarcus saw him the first night. You know, we were there. You know, Demarcus, Joe Klecko, the you know the guys that went in. Yeah, so it was. Who else? Ray Lewis, Bryant Young, um, who happens to be from Chicago Heights, where you know where I was born. Nice. Uh, Fred Dean's son. I met him for the first time. He's a really nice guy. Jack Youngblood's always great to talk to. Oh, I bet. Oh, yeah, story, he's got a, the raspy voice, and 
my dad and him had a cigar together out on the patio. Nice. Yeah. So it was, it's, it's a good fun thing. And the weather cooperated and um, it was really cool. Yeah, it was good to see football again. What about the what about the Bears? Have you heard what have you been hearing in uh, from camp so far? I think they're going to be, you know, they're going to surprise some people. What about Yannick? Yan- Yannick, what's yeah, that? How do you say his name? Who is the basketball guy? I remember a former huddle will like just call him Clint or something. Remember the basketball guy we were talking about? Oh yeah. And we're like, what? What are we gonna put on his jersey? And let's just Victor. put his first just, name. Just Victor. Victor. That's right. Bears. Yeah. How do you say this guy's last name? It's. I believe it's uh, Ngakwe. Ngakwe. Uh huh. Ngakwe. Or Yannick. Yannick Ngakwe. Yeah. One year, 10.5, 10 guaranteed. I mean, he's ready to roll. Yeah. And then uh, we picked up another Packer, right? Mercedes Lewis. Mercedes you know, maybe can, can help. In the, so we, what, we have two Packer tight ends and a, and a Notre Dame, right? PJ yeah. Walker from, from the Panthers. He's getting I don't it. know. So we'll see. You know, it's probably, you know, you build your team a little bit and then you throw in some, you know, some one-year guys. It's it's coming, right? This weekend, yeah. I guess it's a full slate for the rest of the preseason NFL games, right? Yeah, it's yeah. starting to be that time of year. It's starting to heat up. Yeah. What about, uh, what's the word out of the Raider camp? My brother's head still spinning. They took the day off and he, he slept for 11 hours. <laughs> Yeah, he's what you get for being the lowest man on the totem pole during all of camp. So I'm sure he's been spending hours doing film. Uh, yeah, no, I picking remember up, picking up the pieces that people don't quite, you know, right put together by the end of the day. So yeah, I remember. He's excited. You know, he's excited to get camp over with. Yeah, so, right. Right. Probably as a coach and a player, right? Oh, of course. And then yeah, I remember. Excited, you know, he's excited. I mean, he's. This is his first time, you know, he's got to be, got to serve his dues, so. Sure. I remember when Luke, I got a couple of, uh, you know, former teammates and our coaches, and, you know, you got to cut your, you know, they were sleeping in the office and cutting up film, and, yeah, you know, I guess, you you know, you got to do it. Just like when you're a rookie, you got to carry around the pads and all that stuff, so. the hazing. Right. So how is any what's coming out of Houston? Are they nothing? Uh, you don't want to know. There's nothing to see here. No, Deshaun Deshaun's gone, right? Crowd's not doing well in practice. We have no all pros. Yeah. <laughs> CJ signed his contract, right? Yes. So So he's got a lot of he's got a lot of learning. That's okay. I'm yeah. not expecting to even play the first season, but you know, maybe get in at the very end if you can get a hold of the oh really he's, he's, not, a sharp he's, kid. he's a sharp kid i love the fact that they got him yeah so they got a couple of i mean a, a couple of good picks right i mean oh, they got him. yeah so. they got the alabama linebacker oh yeah will anderson anderson i've heard a lot of good things out of believe it or not out of camp about him he's an amazing athlete and he's you know he's a football guy so you know he's putting in the hours as far as playbook stuff so yeah 
He's a natural oh, tack. He's really a natural tackler and a natural evader of blocks. I love his style of play, but he's going to need help still back there. I think D'Amico Ryan's being defense oriented is definitely going to be an attribute to help, you know, will succeed for sure. Yeah. Well, the scoring of the points, the scoring of the points process in Houston, Texas. Right. <laughs> so take, take the under. <laughs> right. Take the under. Take the under and the team under. Total team Houston under 14. Unfortunately, it's sad, but true. I don't know. They could do, they could do well, but it's going to, they're going to have to avoid injuries and they're going to have to really out scheme some people. And I just don't know. I haven't seen enough D'Amico Ryan football yet, so I can't really. Well, they just got to, you know, just like everybody else, they got to build, Yeah. you know, everybody else that's flipped the switch. You know, you'd like to, but it's a it's a process, you know, new new people and just like the Bears. Yep. You know, they're still fairly coaching staff still fairly new. And well, I think the Bears are doing a good job of filling holes on the defense that they needed. I mean, especially at the D line. Yeah. I think that Justin Fields, I mean, from what I've heard, read, and I mean I haven't seen, but his development's really coming around. So I Yeah, he's finally being coached. Then I um, I heard actually I I read that Nicobe got nicked up, which okay. is not good because I've I read their their depth at linebacker is really really thin because you know we, we the Bears the Bears signed their an eagle and uh, that's what I was reading I was gonna call him up text him but I figured he was you know he's really busy in camp but you know we we chat we talk. I, you know, wish him luck every week. So I hope it's not serious because, you know, he he fell right into a great situation, I think, when he, you know, originally when he got drafted. Remember, he was rumored about an injury, so he dropped all the way to the Eagles. And then I'm like, dude, God works in mysterious ways. Now you're in the Super Bowl. Yeah. And now, the you know, the trades and now you're the starter. Right. It's like and now he's got about four four or five other Georgia Bulldogs with him on defense, which is you know a miracle right. in itself. Yeah, the whole defensive line seems like it's Georgia. So it'll be interesting. Definitely be interesting. Well, let's go talk to Steve. See what That's he's good. up to. AmericanEagle.com has over two decades of experience designing websites that produce results. Their clients come to rely on them for full line of website services, from consulting and strategy to digital marketing, hosting, and support. AmericanEagle.com is the technology partner you need if you're looking for online success. They're also the official website and digital marketing provider for the Budkus Award and the Budkus Foundation websites. And we proudly recommend the team to AmericanEagle.com. Give AmericanEagle.com a call today. One eight seven seven Web Now One. Welcome back. We are joined today by a former offensive guard and pro Hall of Famer from Coral Springs, Florida, a national champion with the University of Michigan in 1997, a first round pick back in 2001. He played for three different NFL teams, most notably the Minnesota Vikings was a seven-time Pro Bowler and five-time first-team All-Pro. Steve Hutchinson, welcome to the show. What have you been up to, man? 
what i've been up to uh not a whole lot um been traveling a little bit for a uh, little bit for for work a little bit for just as an alum in michigan i was up in uh, indy for the big 10 media days last week okay fun. how's michigan looking this year you think looking they're looking good um you know they've got some guys they got to replace but as does everybody but um you know they got they got two really strong running backs. Their offensive lines returning some really good guys, and they've got some guys they picked up in transfers uh, last year. So uh, and then of course the quarterbacks. You know this will be his third year playing, which is weird these days. It seems kind of rare if you if you play more than <laughs> two years in one place. It's like what's wrong with you? Where, <laughs> right? Where'd you come from, or or where, where are you going? Right? Or you? Yeah. How do you feel about the portal? It's not even only Michigan, but all around. You know, I think the the whole NIL as a former player, I think the whole NIL thing is 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 great in theory, but there's there has to be some there has to be something done to kind of force kids to like I get if you're you know if if you if you go to a school and the quarterback room's stacked right like you know you can only play one quarterback at a time and but the rate that these kids are transferring schools and let's be honest I think back in you know before NIL came about. It was because of playing time and playing time only, but you didn't, you might, you always heard of some guys transferring, but it wasn't like this mad rush now. And I think, I think the money uh, from NIL is driving most of that. And again, I'm not against guys getting, getting, getting their share when they can get it, but I think it's creating a pretty big issue um, just for the atmosphere of college football and, and um, for those kids in, in general, you know, for yeah. themselves too. A lot of times, you know, yeah, when you're 18 years old, yeah, it sounds good to chase money, but at some point you got to kind of. <laughs> we were we were just talking earlier about uh, the, yeah, the college cars, and I think Budko mentioned that Arch Manning's uh, first card ever went for, and he, he's registering this year over a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, just, yeah, I think it's going to charity too, right? So yeah. something like that, which is cool. But yeah, isn't that nuts? Wow, it's like how does the starter? Well, he's redshirting, but you know, yeah. like Texas, I you know, like. What does the starter think? You got these kids that haven't even played it down. Yeah. The, what I like what I like about it is 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 one of the things where like was involved with me where I was recruited by a coach, right, on the staff and he left you know when I was coming in. And then if you want to say you're stuck, you know, I was stuck, you know, you couldn't go anywhere. You know, if that happens, like that's that's a lot of a. What would you say? You know, that's a big reason why I I chose that school was that coach, and then he. Yeah, leaves. and that's a that's a legit. Yeah, thing. like he I, I leaves. Think the way it was before was you know you could transfer. What 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 was the rule? Like, yeah, just sit out. They would dock you a year. Yeah. yeah, right. If you transferred from like um, apples to apples school division, in, right? in like, conference versus out out of conference. Yeah, or Division One to Division One, or whatever it's called now, FBS yeah. or whatever. Whereas you'll see guys transfer from like, you know, used to be you know one A to one double A, and they could get right in, right? Right. Yep. But it was a one-time deal. Right. Now that with the JT with JT Daniels, he's, I think he started at USC and he's been to five colleges, which crazy. is crazy. He went to Georgia. Yeah. What do you think about the um, USC and UCLA coming into the Big Ten? I think it's awesome. Yeah, um, so do I. I. I think it's awesome. I, 
Yeah. You know, it's crazy though. It's like, I was, I was, like I said, I was in Indy for the media days and uh, there's a million people walking around there and, and, in the Rose bowl um, uh, representatives were there just kind of keeping an eye on things. Right. And uh, I mean, I'm old school, big 10, you know, pack 10, like they, for them, that's gotta be a little bit crazy. Like, because that used to be it, right? Like sure. they got the oh, best yeah. of the big 10 and the best of the, best of the pack 10 and they knew they were getting like the most watched bowl game you know oh yeah of course the sugar bowl is always great and the orange bowl but like the rose bowl was man that, the that granddaddy was of that them was, all that was it right yeah i mean and uh now it's like they might not like like last year <laughs> they got the third best big 10 team because both michigan and ohio state had gotten in the playoff in yep. the playoffs so it's like it's crazy. Like, it's, I, I, I don't know, man, but, but, but to answer your question, I, I think it's great. SC is, and you know, there'll be more to follow. You know, I, I sure. always say, I've, and I've said this for a couple of years now with all this conference realignment, I give it 10 years and you'll have an AFC NFC type thing. You'll have, yep. a, you'll have a, you'll have a 30 team, big 10, you'll have a sit 30 team, uh, SEC. Yep. And there'll be some sort of, uh, like a March madness type thing. And, 16, you know, 16 team playoff. <laughs> yeah. No, and then and then you'll have other bowls for those other conferences and other teams that they'll get their you know their their right to play for for some sort of championship. But like, it's it's going to be because I, I got to imagine Oregon and Washington are following suit. Yeah, Colorado just left. Yeah, I think Arizona and Arizona State are going to leave. I mean, who's yeah. left? You got to bring in a San Diego State or somebody. Boise State, Boise State, yep. San Diego State. The Pac-12 is going to be. There ain't going to be one. No. Nope. Cal and Stanford, I think they're they're going to – I don't know about if I heard if they're going anywhere, but, yeah, you only got, like, Oregon State left. Yeah. Corvallis, beautiful Corvallis. Yeah. So, growing up in Florida, tell us your, your, your journey a little bit. How'd you end up yeah. – how'd you end up in Michigan? Yeah, so uh... – And not Illinois. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, now he's got a so plug. I, I now he's got a Illinois. Um, my dad is originally from the UP of Michigan. Oh, okay. Born and raised there. Well, I guess up until he was about seven or eight, and then they they kind of moved away. And then my mom's from Chicago, South Side of Chicago. Oh, nice. And um, so I kind of, I just kind of always followed, you know, Midwest football. I mean, I was all I grew up. I was a Bears fan. Um, my mom being from Chicago. Of course, I grew up in South Florida. I mean, I did like the Dolphins, but I, I was a Bears fan uh, first. And, you know, just college-wise, it was before there was 500 channels of live football every sure. Saturday and Sunday. You know, you had you had the the networks and, and maybe a little ESPN. And, of course, the F Florida teams were always on. But then Michigan and Notre Dame, they were on every Saturday. Like, it yep. didn't matter where they were playing. I saw that game. And I don't know, maybe I just kind of felt – gravitated to him watching him because my dad there and then of course it's it's easy to fall in love with with those unis and that helmet sure and um had an opportunity to go up there as a uh, as a high school player uh in camp one of those summer camps and um gary moeller was the head coach and uh you know he offered me a scholarship so um i i, I took a couple visits and uh but i kind of kind of always knew i wanted to go there ended up going there uh red shirted my my first first year, freshman year, second year, I I had I actually came there as a D lineman. I was a DN when I got to school. Switched over, played both ways in high school, but switched over after that my freshman year in spring ball. And uh 97, we we won national championship. So never really looked back. 
<laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty good. So, uh, so yeah, no, it was, uh, love my time in Ann Arbor. Love, love big 10 football. Of course got drafted by Seattle and then, you know, ended up going to Minnesota. So you, you just can't beat playing soldier field and you sure. know, that crap weather, at December <laughs> and, and, you know, um, of course, half of us were domes, but I always love playing in the bad weather, and that's eh, football, you know. Now, was that the the Singletary and Urlacher crossover years there? Who no, were you going so like, against yeah, against I was the there. With Urlacher, he, I think he was the draft a year or two ahead of me. So yeah, I was, I was there. That was Briggs, Urlacher, um, Hunter Hillemeyer. That was kind of their linebacking right. core. Um, the time, you know, that would, I got, by the time I got to Minnesota, it was 06 was my first year there. Mm -hmm. So they were, I guess my first year in Minnesota was the year that they played Indy in the Super Bowl, Chicago. Gotcha. And so, um, that was my first year there out of Seattle. So yeah, that was that crew. Yeah. Who is your quarter favorite quarterback that you played for <sighs> all time or just that, you know, what, what team, uh, let's do each one all right well uh well, if i have a i don't, I don't know if favorites <laughs> a word uh, or that you you know you meshed with yeah so and... i mean i had the opportunity i played with i played with tom brady for four years in college yeah um, uh brian greasy he was our quarterback 97 you know brady kind of you know did the the rotational thing there uh drew hentham was there with us so i mean i three really you know, and, and more so, um, there's guys that got injured, a guy named Scott Dreisbach would have been a hell of a quarterback, had, had some injuries to his throwing hand. So he kind of, he kind of never got back right. But yeah, I had some good, good stack quarterbacks in college. Of course, I get to uh, Seattle and uh, pretty much the entire five years I was there, uh, Hasselbeck was the starter. I, I think my first year, it was, they, you know, Trent Dilfer and him battled it out a little bit. But then Matt eventually won uh, that job, led us to a Super Bowl in in uh, '05. My last my last game actually as a Seahawk was a was a the Super Bowl in in Detroit against Pittsburgh. Uh, get to Minnesota, we had a little bit of a revolving door there. Brad Johnson was there when I got there. Okay, um, we drafted Tavares Jackson, uh, the late Tavares Jackson, um, in uh, in the in 2006 draft. Brad was there for a year. Tavares was there for most of my time there. Um, you know, we had some some blasts from the past. It was uh, Kelly Holcomb was was there. He he was there for a couple years. Gus Farratt. Um, you know, there was a we signed a lot of of veterans and tried to kind of keep that 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 piece kind of was a revolving piece for us a little bit. Uh, good quality guys. You know, just kind of always always kind of keep bringing guys in vets like that. And then of course in 09, we got far and uh, he, he uh, that was the best year of my six years there. Obviously that's the, the, the year we, uh, we ended up in the uh, NFC championship game against new Orleans down there, the whole bounty gate bowl, all that yeah, stuff. I remember that. Yep. Um, so that was it. And then after Brett was there nine and 10, and then in 11, my last year with the Vikes, um, uh, we drafted Christian Ponder, but you know, that was a hard year for those guys, those rookies, because that was the year of the lockout uh, with the CBA. There was no offseason, so they draft these guys. They weren't allowed into the building till literally the day that we decided to go to training camp. They had no offseason work, no, you know, no, no real work with, especially as a rookie. I mean, if you're an established right. vet like Peyton right. Man or something, you're, you're going to get all your guys together, and you know what you're doing anyway. But for a rookie, just kind of coming in and inspect, inspecting, uh, expecting to – 
know the playbook and, and know how everything works without any sort of offseason. There weren't any OTAs. There weren't mini camps. There were, you know, we just showed up and went. So uh, him and Donovan McNabb kind of worked through that year. And, and then, of course, I went to Tennessee for my last year and was reunited with Hasselbeck, Hasselbeck and Jake Locker. So, so it kind of came full circle for me. I know you're friends with uh, John Randall, so you would play, obviously, in practice, right, against him. Yeah, so my first three years in Seattle were his last years. And, and, and you know, you tell people that, and they're like, oh, well, he was old. No, that dude had one speed. He had, <laughs> one had a speed. motor. Huge that, motor. That dude had one speed as a rookie. He had one speed in year 14. Um, but, you know, he he kicked my ass up and down the field my first rookie year. and. But I did notice something. I, I noticed that for as much as I got my ass kicked on Wednesday and Thursday in practice, by the time I got to Sunday, it sure. felt like the majority of the league was moving in slow motion. Yeah, because you, you know, you you go against John all day. It's like, all right, this guy moves at like lightning speed and doesn't stop, and you know, he's got you know third and fourth effort, let alone second. And um, so when you get in a game, and it's like, man, I can do I can do this on Sunday. <laughs> Sunday's easy. I just right. want to go back to practice on Wednesday. <laughs> Nice. That's what just sometimes people ask Pops that, and he's like, you know, I played against Gail Sayers in practice. Yeah. Trying to stop that guy. Yeah. And he's like, other than that, probably, you know, Jim Brown was obviously tough, yep. and then and then, the, then he practiced against the best every day. Yeah. So uh, That's what they say, right? Iron, iron sharpens iron. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, yeah. There we go. Yeah. That, there's the title. There it is. <laughs> Iron, we're always battling what the titles are going to be, but they usually come out in the show. So comes out in the wash, huh? <laughs> who, was the, who was the toughest play, player you played against in the league? You know what? The, I don't know if I can narrow it down. Um, when I was young, um, or a you guy know, that always would give you problems. Yeah, like it doesn't know, even have to be a star. My arms weren't the my arms weren't the longest. So like when I when I faced those long arm guys, they they kind of seemed to. My game was get on you quick and lock my hands on you and kind of shut you down. And when those guys could press me out and I kind of was like dangling my arms out there, you know, it was, it was hard. But like, you know, there was some guys early on, like, uh, you know, uh, Chester McLaughlin was a guy oh, yeah. that you always had to watch out for. Oh, yeah. um, Sam Adams, you know, those those big, strong guys. And then then as you know, then then came the the Sues and the and the Albert Hainsworth guys, you know, guys that had you know exceptional power but but also could move pretty good too so um those guys were always a treat you know chris jenkins um you know he was my draft class he was tough as hell you know he he had some injuries too that i think kind of slowed him down as he as he got a little older but man he was he was tough as hell and ironically his son chris jenkins jr is is at michigan now and is a highly touted defensive lineman for for the wolverine so nice so yeah no but uh yeah, and I'll tell you, uh, Justin Smith, he was actually my draft class too. You know, he started with the Bengals, kind of was more of a early in his career, I think was more of a true end type guy. Uh, but as he kind of aged and, and kind of he got, you know, bigger and stronger and all that, he when he got to San Francisco, they played that three four. So, you know, saw him a lot more in those days. And man, if you weren't ready, he'd 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 push you back pretty good. <laughs> I had to I had to play against Justin Smith in Missouri one year, and he was yeah. an, a yeah. beast. Yeah, but he, you know, Justin's one of those guys. He's he's strong enough to kick your ass, but he's funny enough where he could be a stand-up comedian too. Like, I mean, he could kick your ass and make you laugh at the same time. So it's kind of fun. Do you have a favorite coach growing up? You know, a high school coach yeah, I mean, or a college yeah, my, coach? Yeah, I had or... one high school coach. You know, funny. 
everybody's, you know, there's always this argument like, all right, you got, you know, what's the best high school football? Is it Texas? Is it California? Is it Florida? You know, and of course I grew up in South Florida and the heart of where, you know, all these guys come from. And here, here I am high school. We struggled to get 25 guys on the team, you know? And so we weren't a very good football team. Of course we were in the division while the really good football teams. And so we didn't have a great record, my high school career, but I'll tell you, I, I love my coach, I, coach Terry Dunn. He, we were a, we were a public school in South Florida, just North of Fort Lauderdale and Coral Springs high school. And, uh, I'll tell you what, he he didn't have a lot to work with, but he was a good coach. He he was disciplined, made us kind of hold us accountable. And uh, even though we didn't have a lot of guys on the team, hey, if you're out there, you were giving it everything you had. And so most of us had to play both ways, obviously. Um, but he was he was a great coach, set a good foundation for me. Of course, I was I was Lloyd Carr's first recruiting class at Michigan. So uh Lloyd had was the intern, uh, got named head coach officially my senior year of high school, and then I was his first official recruiting classes head coach so Lloyd's a special man and um of course uh when you go to a school like that it's all business all the time and so it it, it prepares you mentally for the next level and uh I had some great coaches in the league you know Mike Holmgren um should be in the hall of fame hopefully he, he gets the nod moving forward for next year he's still in the semifinals right. list there with the coaches um he was a he was a tough man to play for again the best ones are right They're, they demand sure. a lot um, they're not gonna they're not gonna let you get away with anything and Mike was um Mike was hard but he was fair brilliant coach you know his his, his resume speaks for himself back into the San Francisco days actually before that even you know in, in uh, BYU yep. and um but yeah he uh Mike was it and then of course Brad Childress I had and, you know Brad led us to a built a really good team in 09 and um with the NFC championship game. And then, and then, and then my, actually the, the, one of my most, my most fun year was my, my, um, my, my last year in the league, I signed a two year deal in Tennessee, knowing that, you know, it could be one. And I, I, I get to Tennessee and I got, I got Bruce Matthews as my old line coach. Um, <laughs> and then yeah. Mike Munchak, it, Mike Munchak is the head coach. So if I was going to build a program, that entire team was centered around what the hell offense line was going to do. Like we had weigh-ins on Thursday when every other team in the league had weigh-ins on Friday. Why? Because it was tradition. Thursday night, the old line went out, got dinner, and had a couple beers, and we didn't want to have to weigh in on Friday. So the whole team weighed in on Thursday, so we could go out on Thursday night and have our our, our beers and dinner. So uh, it was fun. We weren't very good, but it was a hell of a lot of fun to have Hall of Fame <laughs> offensive linemen as my position coach and head coach. Oh, yeah. I'm from Houston, so I'm a big uh, old oh, yeah. Oilers fan. I'm glad the Titans are bringing back the new unis. Against yeah, and it's, the, it's against the Texans, the Texans too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that be, should be pretty cool. Pretty ironic, pretty funny. I'm yeah. still not a huge Bud Adams fan, but hey, there you go. Yeah, yeah, Bud, I think, <laughs> you know, I, you got to give Bud a lot of credit, though. I mean, you know, Oh, yeah, he transformed yeah. a lot of things. In no, I mean, that, those all, you know, the Hunts, uh, Ralph Wilson, you know, those guys kind of, big reason their league is what it is today. But yeah, Bud. Bud had his ways, you know. Yeah, I did. Did you uh, tailor your game after anyone in particular? Or did you watch as far as growing up? I know you went from defense to offense as far as high school to college. Did no, you? Uh... No, I, you know, when I was a kid, like I, I don't know, I've you know, I've come across guys that were like, man, when I was a kid, I used to watch this guy and watch him play and watch this. Like, man, I was just a fan of football. Like, I, yeah. as a kid, I, I followed the ball, like most people do. You know, I I didn't. when I got to college, like. It's funny. I was on my visit to Notre Dame and Joe Moore, legendary offensive line coach. He's passed away now, but like I was on my visit and he's like, we're all sitting, all the, all the high school recruits are sitting in the O-line 
design room during one portion of the visit. And he's like, all right, he wanted to put some film on and kind of show what they're all about. And he's like, all right, going around the room, who's your, who's the, your favorite offensive lineman. And, you know, this guy would say this and this guy, and I'm like, I don't really know too many, you know? Um, I mean, I know some of the guys that were on the bears in the eighties, right. you know, but like Jimbo, maybe Jimbo, I don't know. But it, it, worked, <laughs> because, it worked because Joe coached, you know, Jimbo at, at Pitt. And so, um, but I'm, I, I never really did really model my, I just, you know, I got in and, you know, coach said, Hey, do this. I'm like, well, I'm gonna do this. And and I didn't <laughs> no. want to hear him have to tell me it again. So I'm like, well, I'm gonna get it right the first time. And right. if I, you know, and I want, you know, so he's like, all right, do this. And I'm like, all right, I'm gonna do this. And I never had a problem with aggressiveness. I, I knew I wanted to drive the guy's ass into the ground. And that, that probably comes from being on the defensive side of the yeah. ball. So, you know, a lot of kids now it's like, you, you know, that's the hard thing. You, I got a son who's going to be a junior in high school. He's playing tight end. And, you know, or a couple of years ago before he kind of started figuring it out it was like all right good job way to hustle and get there but like now kick his ass when you get there you know (laughs) and uh and so i never had to really be told to do that that was the fun part for me sometimes you catch a lot of offensive line coaches that you know the switch from defense i don't know just in historically it's you know a lot of guys that come over for the defense you think has that mentality and they make them offensive linemen yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of, well, I mean, you, with the defense, you, you kind of, you know, you play defense line, you kind of assume, and you got, you got some flex in the hips and the ankles, you can bend, you can get under people and just figure out if they can kind of, kind of get, you know, that's the, that's the big, I think difference between defense and offense is defense. Obviously there's technique involved, but there's a lot of reaction and sure kind of, kind of reacting to different situations and kind of being able to kind of just make it work. Whereas offense, it's repetitive. It's repetition. It's Uh got to have that foundation. You got to have your feet under you. You got to, you know, everything's got to be right to builds up from the ground up and you got to be able to kind of have the patience to kind of stick with learning a technique. So it's a little bit more, a little bit more methodical. Did you ever dream or think about, you know, making the hall of fame one day? That was a goal of mine a long time ago. I I don't know. I don't know if that's a smart thing to do because, you know, chances are you're, more times than not, you're going to be let down. But, you know, I just, I, that's the other thing. I remember as a kid, you know, again, back to when you're a kid, you, only limited amount of channels you could watch football on. And all summer long, growing up in Florida, you're outside playing. So, you know, you, you don't really miss anything because you're outside playing. And then, then kind of, I remember August kind of coming around and I remember asking my parents, like, you know, look, look in the TV guide. Let's see when the, when's the first football game, you know, right. you know, it's like hall of fame game. And I'm like, all right. So I kind of circled on the calendar and, and uh, I, I, you know, you go in and you get ready to watch the game. And I just remember, I don't know if I ever sat there and watched the, you know, the induction ceremony, right. but before the game, they would always show clips of the best speeches or whatever. And sure. I'm like, you know, it's just, man, you see guys, you know, wearing the gold jacket and standing up there on the steps of the, of course it was on the steps of the, of the museum uh, now and, and, you know, sweating their ass off, giving a speech <laughs> and all these guys, these legendary guys talking about what it took and how grateful they are. And you, you just can't help to see these guys you you looked up to and like just sitting there crying, like and you knew how much it meant to them. And mm-hmm. I'm like, man, how awesome would that be to get there? Were you, were you, ner- were you nervous before your uh, hall of fame speech? You know, I wasn't, I really wasn't. You know, there's a million different ways you can skin that cat. Um, yeah, I guess you've done all the work at that point. So. <laughs> yeah, you did all the work. And, but for me, for me, I always felt like, 
and I don't know, maybe this was the offense lineman in me, like, uh, you, you, you never do anything alone, you know? Yep. And so for me, it's like, how did I get here? And I was like, I have a lot of help, you know? So I, I just started when I was a kid and I just spent my, however the hell many minutes they give us eight, whatever minutes it is. I, for eight minutes, I cram pack many people as I could say, thank you to. <laughs> yeah, and awesome. I didn't really have a message other to the kids out there, other than to like, Hey, if you can dream it, try it, mm -hmm. you know, do it. Who was yeah, your, yeah. who was you, who inducted you? Right, who so was my, so my presenter was uh, Rob Tobeck. He was my center in Seattle. You know, it was okay. kind of my mentor when I got, you know, he was uh, going in the year when I was a rookie, he was uh, going in the year nine or 10 wow. uh, then. So we had a good oh, veteran wow. line there. Robbie, um, he had played, he started his career out in the early nineties in Atlanta. So, um, you know, under, uh, under Jerry Glanville. So uh, <laughs> he kind of, he kind of seen it all and did it all. So by the time I, I got there as a rookie, you know, he kind of took me under his wing and we roomed together in the, on the road and, and at the home hotel on Saturday nights and kind of learned, I, mean, I can't even, could never pay him back for, you know, teaching you how to be a pro and how to watch film and how to go about your business. And so I was fortunate. That's awesome. Jerry Glanville. I haven't heard that name in forever. I remember. <laughs> yeah, Rob, yeah, yeah. If you're ever around Robbie, I mean, he does a lot of Washington State stuff now, and he's doing oh, he some, does? some. Yeah, he's a he's a uh, he's kind of an ambassador for that. It was his his alma mater. But uh, if you're ever out in Seattle or whatever, if you ever run into him, ask him to tell you some Glanville stories. He'll, he'll... <laughs> leaving uh, oh, leaving God. tickets for Elvis, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, I mean, he left tickets for Elvis his whole career. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I remember my dad and I did a father-son show with him where you go, like, we went river rafting down a river. It was like the Suzuki Great Outdoors or something like that. Yeah. So he was, he was, he was pretty cool. Yeah. And his kid, oh, yeah, he, his kid was much younger than I was being a kid back then. But, um, yeah, so we, we got to spend a few days with him and, and he's, yeah, I think he's, is he's up in like, did he end up in Portland or something like that? Glanville coaching up there? I, I think he's up yeah, there. Yeah, he ended up. Portland yeah, State he, or something? Yeah. Right? Something, something like that sounds familiar. Something now, I, up there. I guess I'm, 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 I'm wondering if I'm thinking of Danny Erickson going to uh, Oregon State or something like that. Yeah, but, Erickson was, you know, Miami and then the Pac-12. Yeah, Miami, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, but I, Glanville did something, yeah, yeah. That guy. <laughs> that guy and uh bum phillips remember Metal him oiler coach because yeah. well wade right his son is yeah. longtime coach yeah yeah uh wade he's i guess he's now in the is he in the xfl or the usfl yeah he was with yeah. uh yeah one of those teams yeah wade was with uh denver and um cowboys when i was when i was playing and then wasn't he with the Bills? Yeah. When they, when I think when I think they he lost. Was. He all... was with the, yeah, he was with the Bills back in the 90s, right? Yep. When they had their four Super Bowl run. Yeah, which is incredible if you think about it. Well, nowadays, there's, yeah. I, I mean, going there for, for Marv Levy's a good friend of mine here from Chicago. Great dude. So are you, are you uh, looking forward to going back? Oh, oh yeah. Well, week? especially now, especially now, I thought last year was great when you go and you're going through it. It's kind of, it's kind of like a wedding, you know, I mean, yeah. you know, you're making sure all your family and the grandmas and the, and the aunts and uncles and the sure. cousins, make sure everybody 
shows up and has a hotel room and you know they, they all got rides to this and that and you're yep. you're all worried about that and you got to do every every event yeah and then you got to do every event and then <laughs> you got to give a speech and then you got to get a jacket and then you got to do all yep. the all the stuff and uh it goes by in a blink of an eye but it's also nerve-wracking and then you come back the next year uh as i did and um uh, you're like hey there's like all right just come downstairs and be on the shuttle at this time this is easy. Just me, just me, just meet Morton at nine o'clock in the bar. Yeah, just yeah. <laughs> just try to just try to stay away from Morton. He'll get mad at me. See, he's gonna get mad at me because I said that in another podcast and and uh or I said that to the incoming class last year. And I said, I said, hey, first rule is uh because I, I had they had me speak to the uh the guys after they after they found out they got in at oh, the, okay. the Super Bowl and I went in the little ballroom at the at the little breakfast thing at the, at the hotel after the guys all found out and everything. And they had, they were, they had me come say, Hey, this is what to get ready for over the next right. you know, six, six months. That was Baselli, right? Yeah. It was Baselli yep. was in there and Seymour and, uh, sure. uh, Leroy Butler. And, yep. uh, well, I can't remember who the other guys were, but yeah, they were in there. And, uh, uh, so I said, Hey, first, first rule, get the hell away from Morton Anderson. You know, I was like, he, he'll, he'll, he'll put a hurt on you. So Morton got mad at me for that. Oh, that's funny. Morton, when are you heading, when are you heading there? I head there tomorrow. Oh, you're going tomorrow. All right. Yep. And then, uh, I kind of got, you know, it's like, sometimes it's pulling teeth, getting dad to go. It's yeah. just, uh, I always feel like, of course, like everybody else, like he should go while he, while he can. You know, right. so, but he's, he's, you know, he's okay, but you know, he's just, sometimes he doesn't feel up for it. So I right. got him to, well, he went, I think he went last year too, didn't he? No. When we met. Yeah. No. He wasn't there. No. Well, I guess I saw him, well, well, I guess where I saw him at the Super Bowl. he went to the luncheon, uh, in, in LA at the, he went to the lunch. Right. That's yeah. where I saw him. He sent me and then I did a lot of stuff with Tony. Yeah. With right. the friends yeah. and family. Cause he was my roommate at USC. Yeah. So, but he, um, yeah, he's going to go and they tried to, you know, not, I don't know about your flights and everything, but they wanted him to connect. He's like, I'm not connecting. You got to yeah. find a straight shot from LAX to Cleveland. And then he's actually doing, he's so excited because DeMarcus Ware is, is an inductee and, and he's won our Butkus award. Oh, nice. So it's kind of. That was almost, I think, the the straw that did it. I'm like, we and you go. got a, and you got an old school Mike linebacker going in, sure, exactly, you know. And then, uh, yep, awesome. so he picked more things than, you know, kind of the four that they right, kind of the three or four things they want you to do the luncheon yeah. and stuff like that. So I think I got him in the parade and oh nice, and uh, I'm like, do some things while you still can, you know? Yeah. Yeah, the parade always sounds good in theory, but then you know, you, you, you <laughs> I run into you and Morton and the night before. So it's like, too early. Like the parade so, yeah, starts so too early. Yeah, we need you standing outside at seven a.m. to get in the car, and I'm like, yeah, it's probably not going to happen. <laughs> right. Nothing right. against the parade, but yeah, exactly. I'll puke on everybody. So exactly. <laughs> so, and it's probably going to be a little warm again. Actually, so. I don't think it's no. Gonna, I I. Be I think okay. It's all right. I, I think so. I don't know. I, nice. No, I could have just cursed the whole thing. When do you get in? Wednesday? Thursday? I'll get in Thursday. Yeah. yeah. 
Cool. Plugging in Thursday, uh, uh, early afternoon. I just, I've been traveling like the last week. So I had to take care of some stuff back home this week. And, uh, but yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, being Thursday and I'll, I'll stay till Sunday. So what do you, uh, maybe one more, one more question before we let you go. I know you're a busy guy. What do you like to do when, you know, a hobby of yours or something yeah. you like to do, cook, read, yeah. I think yeah, you I mean, hunt, I, fish. I love, being out, I love being outside. I don't, you know, I am grew up in Florida, I did a lot of fishing and hunting, both, both, uh, you know, salt and fresh water. So I, I do, do love to do that. Uh, so I picked up, uh, picked up a hobby. I'm, I'm a pilot now. So I fly. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So been flying for the last couple of years. Wow. Um, yeah. So that's fun. That that's, that's, that's great. Cool. What do you, what do you fly right now? What do you, fly uh, right now I'm flying in a, uh, a Cirrus, uh, SR 22. Yeah. It's a, they're made in, um, it's a single prop, uh, turbo plane. So cool. Yeah. Do you ever, so, do, do you do a, so well, like when you learn, you fly with somebody, right? Yeah. When yeah. did, how'd you feel on your first solo mission? I mean, it's a little nerve wracking. So I learned on, <laughs> I learned on, um, the first part of my uh, training, I, I, you go to get your private pilots, which is just your basic pilot license. Um, you know, you can fly in like good weather. You got to stay away from clouds and all that. So I, I wanted when I when I started this process, I wanted to learn like old school. I wanted to learn like how everything worked because now nowadays a lot of a lot of these planes are you know touch screen like all computerized and all that. Right. And, so I, I'm, you know, first thing I, 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 I learned on a 1972 Cessna Skyhawk, um, you know, they're your typical, you know, dials and yeah. I mean, little, little plane, four seater, all mm -hmm. analog gauges. This, I mean, this thing's older than I am. And, um, so I learned in that you fly with an instructor until you're ready to solo and then you solo and, you know, you do some more solos, but then you, it took about six, seven months to get my private. And then as soon as I was done, I rolled right into my instrument training because I wanted to be able to learn. Basically, instrument training turns you into a weatherman. You learn how to read weather and oh, cool. away from and go up in the clouds. You can get above the weather and all that stuff. So that was another seven months Wow! to get that rating or that, that you know, certificate. And so, uh, yeah, it's fun. It's awesome. So, yeah, you, you fly. Uh, I fly. I've got a buddy who's an ex uh, Air Force fighter pilot, and he he does some instructing too. So the only time I'll really go up with an instructor anymore is if if it's some really crazy stuff that he's like, "Hey, I mean, come on, let's go up here, and I'm going to teach you some stuff." And so, which is great. So, yeah. but it's fun, man. It's awesome. Makes so, does your family so fly cool. with you ever? Or? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you know, you know those things that uh, you know my son's you know two hundred something pounds now. And those <laughs> things only hold so much. Right, Wait, it's like a jet, so the, you got to be limited on how many people you can take because you can't take much gas if you if you fill the plane up with people. So, yeah, the, you know, one or two people at a time, you know, you you take up there. Cool. So yeah, it's fun. So doing that and doing some scouting for the Seahawks. Uh, I've been doing that for five or six years now. I, oh, okay. I do all their college uh, um, O line uh, or a lot of their college O line evaluating. Oh, that's great. So nice. I kind of. Work from home in Nashville, but I go up to Seattle quite a bit. Matter of fact, I got to go to Seattle for uh, at the end of August for the last week of camp. Um, How'd you get into that? Did, did well, like when Pete I got done give you playing, a call or yeah, no. So I got done playing, and um, I eventually worked my way into scouting with the Titans here, living in Tennessee, and I did that for two years in the building. I was more on the pro side, and I found out I kind of like scouting, but I didn't like sitting in a building eighteen hours a day. 
And so I kind of did it for two years and then I left. And then, you know, so John Schneider, John was actually working for the Seahawks. You know, he was a young guy at the time, but he, he was working for the Seahawks when I got drafted by the Seahawks. As soon as the draft was over, you know, you got Holmgren as the GM. Ted Thompson was the player director. Right. And then under him was John, this young John Schneider. So John was there when I got drafted. Then he went to Washington and then Kansas City and then Green Bay and, you know, wherever. But like John, you know, full circle, he's back. He calls me up and he's like, hey, we want you to help us kind of, you know, get the O-line going again. And, you know, we'd love to, you know, have your insight and that. So, so it was kind of a unique role. It's a like technically a consulting role. And um, so I, I, you know, I'll go, I'll go to the senior bowl. I'll go to the combine. I'll, I'll travel around in the fall a little bit and go do some school visits and put some eyes on kids and uh, throughout the fall that, that might uh, we might be interested in, um, you know, in the upcoming draft. And um, so it's fun. It keeps me involved with the game, keeps my contacts networking good, but, I also get a chance to watch ball and and kind of have an opinion on it one way or the other. So it's it's fun. Keeps me going. Nice. Great. I love that. Other than that, just oh. kind of, you know, like a son's, like I said, sons will be a junior in high school playing playing awesome. a tight end. So his games start up pretty soon. So I'm looking forward to that. Maybe we'll have to. I think I saw the schedule for the, you know, the first Big Ten, you know, Pac-12 games. And I know Michigan and Illinois are at the Coliseum, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Oh yeah. So yeah, when they, you know, when they first play, I think we got Wisconsin, Iowa, Michigan, and Illinois, and I think we go to Purdue, Maryland, Indiana, and Northwestern. Right. Well, Which, Michigan goes out there. One of the two. I'm going. I'm going to. I'm going either way. Yep. Exactly. That'll be would probably your, your son's senior year. Yeah, it'll be next year. Yeah. We'll have to meet up out there. That'll be 2024. So, yeah, definitely come out there for that. What's this craziness coming out of Chicago with Northwestern, huh? I know. So, my my college teammate, Kurt Anderson, he is the O-line coach there. So, I have yet to reach out to him to kind of figure out what's going on. Um, You know, like I said, being in Indy last week during the media days, sounds like, at least for now, uh, you know, it was just Fitzgerald that that got – left uh let go and and kind of everybody else held their their current position but you know we'll see how how that goes but yeah that's i haven't really i don't really know if i could i mean i i know it's a hazing deal i, I don't really know the details of it i haven't yeah, i don't either a thousand articles crazy. on it but you would think he was he probably like a joe paterno kind of like he would have been yeah. there played for well, the i played against him. I, I played against him when he was a player there you yep. know I mean, oh, okay. the guy's been there ever since you know yep. I remember he was up for our ward, but I uh, remember Gary Barnett. Yeah. And he was like, well, Dick does Miller Lite commercials. So he made them, you Northwestern, take them off our list, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah, that is. You know what I mean? Like he does, yeah. he did beer commercials 25 years ago, and they're kind of punishing the kid. But, <laughs> right. <laughs> but anyway, then I think he broke his leg. Right, uh, yeah, couldn't maybe. play in yeah. that Rose Bowl. Oh, that's right. Then that, that was a '96 Rose Bowl, I think. Yeah. Yep. So '95, '95 or '96, '95. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's crazy. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I like them. I, I actually, I was in the school um, last fall for a practice. Uh, met with them because uh, you know we were we were looking at the kid Skronsky who ended right. up getting drafted by the Titans here, the left tackle. So he was a big 
big time um, prospect that that all the teams were interested in. So I was in there and. Um, I yeah, think I the Bears were, the, you know, a lot of people in Chicago thought yeah. that they were going to, yeah, he I was going to come I a bear. Think everybody thought that was going to be the case with, you know, right. Having a kid right in your backyard, you know, be, being a Chicago kid going to Northwestern. Sure. You know, I, th- I thought everybody thought that was a done deal, but um, you know, they went a different route, but you know, I think he's, I think he's doing here, uh, doing well here. You know, they're going to move him around. Let's listen to the radio a little bit before I, driving back home before I jumped on with you guys and they had sounds like they just finished practice. So yeah. sounds like they're moving around a little bit, trying to figure out what, uh, what best spot for him, whether it be tackle or guard. You like Vrabel there in Nashville? Oh, yeah. yeah. He seems like, like a Vrabes. player's coach. Yeah. So Vrabes and I, we were, um, played against him a million times, uh, in the league, but, uh, he, uh, we were both union reps. He was a, he was actually executive committee member when, when we were playing, uh, and I was one of the union reps. So, you know, we, you go out to Hawaii for a week and hang out with families and, you know, play golf and sit around a pool and drink beer. So you get to know those guys <laughs> a lot that way too. So Vrabes is, he's a dude. Yeah. He's a guy. Awesome. <laughs> Sounds like a cool guy. Sure. Yeah. He's a guy. He don't put, he don't, he don't hold back. Right. <laughs> All righty, buddy. Well, we'll, well let you go. Talking to you. Yeah. I'll see you in a couple of days. We'll continue yep. this in a couple of days over a couple of cold ones. I'm sure. Yep. As we're hiding from Morton. As we're hiding our livers, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna walk in with an IV bag. There you I'm go. Hang it right on the bar Ice. stool next to Morton. There you go. Ice your liver down. Yeah, exactly. So. All righty, buddy. All right. All right. Thanks again. Awesome. All right. All righty. Thank you. Thank you, Steve Hutchinson, for joining the show today, and thanks to my co-host Matt Amendola. Follow us on our social channels listed in the show description and thebutkusaward.com for updates on this podcast. If you're interested in purchasing number 51 merchandise, please go to dickbutkus.com. Be sure to follow this podcast on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. This podcast is brought to you by AmericanEagle.com Studios. I am Matt Butkus, and we'll catch you on the next episode. AmericanEagle.com is over two decades of experience designing websites that produce results. Their clients have come to rely on them for a full line of website services from design and development to digital marketing, hosting, and support. AmericanEagle.com is a technology partner you need if you're looking for online success. They work with clients in nearly every industry. They also are the official website and digital marketing provider for the Butkus Award, and Butkus Foundation websites, and we proudly recommend the team at AmericanEagle.com. Give AmericanEagle.com a call today, 1-877-WEB-NOW-1. That's AmericanEagle.com, 1-877-W-E-B-N-O-W-1.